Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Day early on a Wednesday once again. Thank you all for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video if you want the Michigan Wolverines to win the national championship. So if you don't like it, it means you don't want them to win. So make sure to hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. We are just a few away from 22,000 subscribers on YouTube. So help us out. Get to that milestone. Appreciate you there. Join us over at thewolverine.com, as always, for all of our premium content. Join us on the message board over there with other Michigan fans, thousands of them. Uh, we are brought to you today by My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy can help. Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner himself. Uh, he helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help you have, if you have any questions about business ownership. Uh, go to the website there, www.myperfectfranchise.com. You can contact Andy Ludicky on the phone at 404-973-9901 or email him, andy, at myperfectfranchise.net. Also on the website, Really easy. Book a time with him on his calendar. Again, 100% free consultation, so worth a shot there. Uh, and thank you to Andy for being our great sponsor. Um, let's get into some topics. We'll start with Michigan football uh, and focusing on some freshmen this week uh, and, and who's going to impact the most, and we'll get into some basketball as well. But it's interesting when you when you talk about the freshmen that are going to impact on this team because there are a couple things here. One – this is such a, a deep and talented team that they don't really need a lot of guys to come in and play early. And that's a good problem to have. Although a lot of those first year guys want to get on the field early on. And secondly, you know, frankly, there, there are no top hundred guys in this class. There are, you know, it was ranked number 18th in the country, not bad by any means, but not quite up to the way Michigan wants to recruit, especially coming off of two straight big 10 championships. Uh, you know, and when they signed that class in December, but there's still a, guy, a few guys that I think are going to see the field. So let's start with offense. Uh, guys that are on offense could be special teams, but who do you guys think is going to impact the most out of that freshman class? Why don't you start, Clay, and what, give us what you think first, and then we'll uh, we'll pile on here and tell you how dumb you are or whatever. So hey, <laughs> joking as you know. But yeah, go ahead. I, know, well, got. I, got, I got two guys, and they're both early enrollees. So, again, you know, this could change – once fall camp comes around, we're going to, you know, hear more buzz about some of these guys that enrolled June 1. Uh, and some of it will be, hey, this guy's looking great, and then maybe we won't see him much. And some of it will be, yeah, maybe that guy can impact early. But I'll start with Cole Cabana uh, on the offensive side. I think that, you know, Ben Hall, you know, and, and Cole Cabana didn't play in the spring game. He had a minor injury. He's fully healthy now. But Ben Hall was kind of the talk of the spring game. At the same time, you know, I think he's more of a traditional running back. And I think that with what Michigan has there, he's going to get the opportunity uh, to, you know, kind of sit back, learn under Mike Hart, probably red shirt in my opinion. But Cole Cabana brings a little something a little bit different 
to the fold. CB, as you you talked to Fred Jackson earlier this offseason, said he's already faster than Donovan Edwards. Uh, you know, he can do a lot of similar things to Donovan Edwards. He can catch out of the backfield. He can catch out of the slot. I talked to Cole when we were down in, in Ohio. He said they're working him all over offensively, trying to get him the football. Uh, I don't think he's going to be featured by any means in this offense, but I would start with him and probably also point to Fred Moore uh, at wide receiver. And you know, I talked to him last week, and, man, uh, he's an impressive kid. He's going to mm-hmm. add some weight. Sounds like before the season wants to get up to 189 pounds. He's at 179 now. We saw some flashes from him in the spring game. So I'd go with those two skill position guys. There's a lot of guys coming back in the skill positions. A little easier to get on the field at those spots than, say, offensive line. Um, but also another thing I think Cole can do is, is return kicks as well. And he wants that job. He talked about that as well. And I think that could be a, an option for them. I think it's possible. I'm not sure that they would go with a true freshman in that role right off the bat when there are other guys that have been waiting their turn and that are capable as well. But if he's the best guy, then he's going to do it. Right. That's the thing. So, but I would, I'm with you on more. I think this guy was probably the steal of the class and probably one of the most underrated in that 2023 class, uh, not just at Michigan, but overall. And you guys can read about this in your football previews. Uh, Ron Bellamy talking about him, Michigan's receivers coach. Uh, some really fantastic quotes from him. And we saw what he could do in the spring game, right? And uh, I asked Ron, I said, was it limited to the spring game? He said, absolutely not. He said this kid was doing it all spring. So they still need a game breaker at that position. We all, we thought it was going to be Darius Clemens or one of the three, the trio of freaks, as Jim Harbaugh called them, uh, Amorian Walker. Uh, and Tyler Morris, I believe. So, um, but I, I don't think there's any question that at some point more is going to make an impact here. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's this year. So uh, along with him, yeah, I think Cabana, I, I think Cabana and Hall might both redshirt, to be honest with you. Um, we'll see what happens, but they both got a lot to learn, uh, but they do love them both. I got to tell you, um, two couple of guys there that uh, they certainly think will be contributors down the road. Yeah, you know, you sift through this class and and there's not that one guy where you're like, well, you know, there's definitely a role for him somewhere. Uh, obviously, I looked at the defensive guys the other day and we'll talk about those guys here in a bit. And it's just the vast majority of, of guys in this class are probably either going to redshirt or you find a way to crack the field on special teams. And they don't, you know, Jim Harbaugh has never hoarded redshirts. You know, it's always been if you are, you know, if you are able to, you know, affect the game on special teams. doesn't matter if you're a graduate, doesn't matter if you're a transfer, doesn't matter if you're, you know, you're a 17 year old freshman, he's going to find a way to get you on the field. So, uh, you know, the guys that you've mentioned so far, uh, obviously fit that bill. Um, someone I'm a little bit interested in seeing just because Jim Har, you know, he's a Jim Harbaugh favorite. Those are the kind of the guys that you have to uh, circle as well is, uh, is I, I know the tight end room is deep, but Zach Marshall is someone who, Harbaugh compared to Rod Moore in that, you know, he's a young, he's a younger guy, has an extra year of quote unquote man growth ahead of him, uh, as someone who has almost exclusively been a wide receiver, similar to to Colston Loveland. And then you 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 know you do some tight end things on film, uh, and get recruited a little more, learn how to block. That's something he's still uh, working on doing. And, and I'm not making a one to one comparison to to Colston Loveland. I think that there's a lot more development that needs to take place with a guy like Zach Marshall, but um, you know, he's someone that is already, you know, he, he's got a full spring football underneath his belt. Uh, you know, he's been, you know, working with guys like Chris Jenkins and some of the veterans in his own position group room on, you know, in the weight room and getting the playbook down and just 
a lot of those things you need to do to get on the field. And and I, I could see maybe not early on, but I could see him being someone that gets on the field in a special teams role, or maybe we see him, you know, one of those games late in the year, you know, maybe when Michigan has a big lead, uh, you're kind of emptying the bench and, and getting some younger guys in there. Um, you know, it's hard to find guys in this class where you can go, gosh, you know, if there's a scenario where an injury here, injury there, he's on the field, uh, you know, wide receiver, obviously there's a lot of snaps up for grabs there. Uh, Carmelo English is a guy that'll be here in fall camp that uh, I believe is a little bit older uh, for his age. So it's kind of the opposite of a Zach Marshall, but also someone that, you know, you look at his film and, you know, he's polished and he's someone that looks like he might be able to make an impact, you know, in the slot for this team as well. So there are some guys there, uh, you know, usually in, in any given year, there's always a cluster of guys that sort of emerge and, you, you know, are more ready than we thought they would be. But, um, you know, overall, I'm, I'm not seeing a ton of that here, but I, I could see it with, with some of the guys that all of us have mentioned so far. Yeah, and that's the thing with those two wide receivers. I would mention them to Samaj Morgan and Carmelo English, who, you know, they may not make the impact that Fred Moore will. And we'll see what Fred Moore's is. I mean, is it just what Darius Clemens did last year or Tyler Morris? Probably something similar to that. But could those guys uh, make an impact on special teams or some on offense? We still don't know what Carmelo English is at this point. So I could see something like that. And to your point, A.B., on if they can impact the game on special teams, uh, I think you're absolutely right. So 11 guys last year burned their red shirt out of that freshman class. And I think if you asked a lot of fans, uh, you know, if Micah Pollard redshirted or not, they would probably say, yeah, he redshirted. We didn't see much of him, but he played in, I think, 11 games, all um, all on special teams, some defense and, and mop-up duty at times. You know, he's needed to add weight. He needs to develop. But they saw something in him on kickoff uh, at the very least. I know he was on kickoff where, you know, he can impact and, and they really value special teams. So I think that's a good point. Um, moving over to the defensive side, I think we'll probably all pick the same guy as as the number one impact guy. So we can talk about him first and then maybe some dark horses. But uh, I believe it's got to be Jair Hill, who is very slender. Uh, seeing him last week and speaking with him, uh, you know, he, he has a lot to learn, but he wants to come in and play right away. He said he wants to start four or five games as a freshman. He wants to do better than Will Johnson did. Last year, he's extremely motivated uh, and I think he's going to do everything he can to get up to speed. And Erdy was trying to do that during spring ball. Had an ex- impressive spring game, had an interception that uh, he wishes didn't get called back due to a penalty. But, he, you know, he's still able to flash something on that play. Um, I think it's Jair Hill and, and I think he could, you know, maybe not four or five games, but not ruling that out. But I think he could start a couple games by the end of the season, depending on how that second cornerback spot shakes out. I agree. He's got the confidence. You can see it. I like him. I like his game. I like the way he plays with a swagger. Does need to get a little bit stronger, but guess what? He's got a couple months to go, you know, before yeah. before he has to be out there on the field or, you know, eight, six weeks now, was it? Seven weeks? I don't know. We're getting there, fellas. It's going fast. So, But I love his game. Uh, I liked what I saw from him in the spring game. He was much more polished than an Amorian Walker. And Jaden McBurrows, I think, is a guy that a lot of people are sleeping on. I think he might be some of the main competition for some of those snaps. But I don't think there's any question that this guy's got a bright future. And uh, it, I think it was Jesse Minter, Michigan's defensive coordinator, who said, you know, he might not be in that Will Johnson category just yet as a guy that's going to move up that much by the end of the year. But wouldn't surprise me at all if he was a starter or starting some games and playing significant football by the middle of the year. Yeah, I like Jair, Jair Hill. Uh, I can't talk today. Jair Hill a lot. Um, you know, he's someone that I could see 
starting the season as maybe, you know, second team, maybe third team. Uh, you know, he's, he's the one where you look at this class and you look at, you know, the scholarship chart, you look at everything, you know, what the, how deep each of these rooms are. I think he's the one freshman in this class that um, has the chance to, to really sort of get himself out there and, and get some legitimate playing time. Because we know, I mean, we've, the cornerback situation is are, are well-plowed grounds right now. Now, I know they like Cameron Calhoun a lot as well, uh, another winter enrollee that had a good spring. And if I remember correctly, had a pretty good spring game as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that, again, we've talked about this cornerback position a lot this offseason. You know, to me, everything in that room are more question marks than they are concerns. Now, you know, there might be a little – you might take your your lumps a little bit. Um, even Will Johnson. Will Johnson has never been a number one corner at this level before. So there's going to be growing pains that each of these guys go through. But uh, Jair Hill, to me, is uh, – you know, he, he seems like one of those guys that is a perfect fit, is cut from a little bit of a different cloth than maybe some other guys in his class. Uh, I would not be surprised at all to see him – not only see the field this year, but make a couple big impact plays as well. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Definitely. I think if there's a, a freshman that has the best odds to start games, it would be Jair Hill by a mile. Um, you know, it depends on injury, whatever, maybe at some other positions we could see it. There could be a surprise definitely with some of these guys who just got on campus. Um, in terms of a, a guy behind him on defense, there's not too many that, that I could see really playing a huge role on this defense or, or maybe even special teams. But I am intrigued by Eno Etta uh, at the defensive line spot, just kind of what he's going to bring. I know they have a solid, you know, top three, four guys there. But I think after that, it's it's pretty open to maybe break into, maybe not the two deep, but the three deep, and then he's versatile too. Um, but but defensively, anyone else that you guys could see you know, playing somewhat of a role at this point? Not really. I think that's about it. And Etta, I think we'll probably see the field in some capacity, like you said. And uh, but there are a lot of guys above him right now. Uh, you've got a, a ton of guys, edge rushers that are that can be difference makers. I think um, Josiah Stewart is a guy that comes to mind. Um, so just wrote an article about him today on the site. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those years, and uh, there will be some surprises, guys. There always are, but. Uh, I think really Hill is the one guy that you really point to and say, okay, given what we've seen from him already, we have a pretty good idea that he's going to play. Yeah. I mentioned, uh, you know, Etta as a guy that, I mean, could be, could find a role on the depth chart. I think that it's probably, you know, maybe more of a special teams thing for him, but uh, 
it seems like at some point the plan for him is probably going to be put on a little weight and, and kick him inside a la Chris Jenkins. So um, obviously he's got the gold standard for that already in the room to look up to. So we'll see what happens with him. Obviously he's the highest ranked signee in this class, but uh, yeah, I just feel like these guys, this is, these are a couple, you know, both sides of the ball in this recruiting class have guys that outside of the Jair Hills or the Cole Cabanas or what have you, a lot of these guys are going to have to, get ready and, and, you know, wait for their turn. Cause I, I see the fruits of this class, probably not, you know, there might not be any fruit that this class bears, I should say until a couple of years down the road. So um, yeah, uh, luckily for Michigan, I, I don't think it's a knock against any of those guys. I think when you, you look up their backgrounds, you look at what they bring to the table. I think that these are guys that can be very good football players in time, but it makes uh you know, it, it makes what this program did in the transfer portal uh, just that much more impressive. And, you know, maybe we don't have as many impact guys at the top of this freshman class, but we're going to bring in these guys that will have an impact on our roster this year. And then, you know, they'll be in and out of the program and it makes way for the guys in the 24 class, which is, is much better. And I think it has a lot of potential impact guys at the top uh, kind of clears the way for them to, to make their way next year. So, uh yeah, good on Michigan for how they were able to sort of offset a lack of impact. Because let's be honest, I mean, a lot of championship teams do have that from their freshmen, and I just don't see it as much with this uh, this group of guys this year. Yeah, this class gets compared a decent amount to the 2019 class. You know that, and and those guys helped Michigan win a, a Big Ten championship. Uh, some of them multiple Big Ten championships. A lot of those guys didn't make. You know, they weren't splash type of freshmen early on but then they made huge impacts down the road. Um, so, you know, that could be a similar mold for this class or not, but, you know, just because they don't make an impact this season, especially due to uh, Chris's cat being over his left shoulder there, uh, but especially <laughs> not, due to not my cat. I want to make that clear. <laughs> okay. He's a dog guy. It's, um, it's, a, it's a stray, but especially due to the strength of this roster too, that, that plays a huge part of it as well. Not saying some of these guys couldn't come in, you know, if they needed them to, but uh, let's shift over to basketball uh, and talk a little bit about this roster as well real quick before we talk about the non-conference schedule that was just announced as well. But the Antonio Reeves, the curious case of Antonio Reeves, I've been calling it, uh, is not officially over, but it looks like it's over. This is uh, this is Kentucky wing Antonio Reeves, of course, who was rumored, okay, he may enter the transfer portal. He hasn't graduated yet. Then he enrolls for classes at Illinois State, which is his previous school. He played one year at Kentucky, previously was at Illinois State. Looks like he was going to work towards getting the credits necessary to graduate from, I guess, there or just college in general uh, in this summer so that he could both transfer and be immediate, immediately eligible. Uh, but there was always this kind of possibility he could return to Kentucky. He never entered the portal, but it feels like he's been in the portal. But it looks like he is now back out of the portal, even though he never entered the portal. I think that should probably read Antonio Reeves' planning to return to Kentucky. I think it's what they how they wrote it, all of the insiders. So, uh, which is you know, there's a difference. You know, if, if we go back to you know the Jim Harbaugh saga with Minnesota, you know, he was planning on on being Minnesota Vikings next next head coach. It didn't work out for him, you know? So um, is he planning on going back to Kentucky? It, it sure seems like it. He's back in the dorm. So, and this is huge because that's exactly what Michigan needs, right? To, to put a really nice roster on the floor would be a guy like this and uh, somebody who can shoot, somebody who can get a shot. 
And uh, so it's weird. I've gotten, even the Kentucky insiders have gotten so much conflicting information on this. You know, why are you at Illinois State taking classes if you're planning on coming back to Kentucky? And, you know, they thought he was as good as gone. Then they thought last week he was coming back. And then they thought, he, then he didn't say anything. Now he's back at Kentucky. Um, let's wait and see what happens. Uh, I, I think he's going back to Kentucky. There were some sites that said, oh, he's a lock and Michigan's really making a lot of progress, you know, or whatever in back channels. We hadn't heard any of that. Uh, in fact, it's been definitely quiet. So, but it's unfortunate because again, this is the kind of guy that could really make your roster competitive in the big 10. And they're still missing that one guy, fellas. They need a, a guy like him. And I don't think there are any others out there in the portal unless I'm missing somebody. Not to my knowledge. And, and I, I feel like I've been in this mode for a long time already, but it's, we have a, obviously we have a vested interest in, in developments in the transfer portal on the recruiting trail, and all that. But I'm at the point where I'm fine. If someone just knocks me out and wakes me up on whatever, November 3rd, when they play their first exhibition game and here you go, here's the roster. Cause it's, it's just been, I feel like at some point there have been 20 guys this offseason that, oh, Michigan, I mean, it, it's Michigan. It's a lock to Michigan as long, you know, if they can get the NIL in order and all everything like that. So it's like, just just get us to this. I mean, they, they need another guy at this point. I don't know that anyone they're going to get. I don't even know if Antonio Reeves would have been a guy that would have been, you know, this, this um, game-changing addition for them. But they do need to add someone somewhere. Um, obviously, everything we've talked about, they need another guard. They could use a backup center, but at this point, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just so hard to track. It's so stressful to follow you guys. I, I don't know what yep. to even say anymore. Yep, it's about right. Yeah, I I do think he would have been game changing. Not that you know, obviously, he wasn't ever in the portal. Uh, but it obviously, it looked like Michigan was going to have a chance if he entered, based on you know a lot of smoke there. Uh, but he can shoot. He can put the ball on the floor. There's not many guys on this roster that can do either of those things. Am I wrong? I mean. No. And that's the thing. Some guys are going to have to step up. I'm writing a column on that right now. You got to, somebody's got to step up and become a, a really good shooter, a solid shooter uh, to go along with some of the guys that are there now. Terrence Williams has to have the kind of year that he had two years ago compared to last year and not try to do too much and regain his confidence. Yusuf Hayat is a, is a, has an opportunity uh, Jalen Llewellyn shot what 19% from three point range, I think, last year before he got hurt. He's better than that, in my opinion. So maybe he'll get healthy and, and can contribute there. And who knows what to expect from George Washington, the third? We've seen guys, um, like the kid at Wisconsin come out of nowhere last year, the freshman. Um, his, his name escapes me, Connor Asijan. Thank you very much. Yep. And, um, you know what? Maybe, maybe George Washington, the third is that guy. I know that he's a student of the game, and he Good busts point. his butt and he's got a high IQ. So let's see what happens, man. Um, you never know until you get into the games and you see what you got and see how they mesh. But they do. They did get a couple pieces. Uh, I do like Namari Burnett, especially as a defender. Uh, Olivier Kamwa was a huge get for them. Let's see what Trey Jackson brings to the table too. You know, I watch his film and you wonder why didn't this guy play a little bit more? You know, maybe with some good coaching uh, and some more minutes. You know what? Maybe he'll uh, be that guy that really surprises everybody. Yeah, and at some point too. I mean, the guys you talk about needing internal improvement. If you're a guy like, uh, you know, you think Terrence Williams or Will Cheddar or Doug McDaniel or insert name here, don't you get kind of pissed off for like pretty much three or four months of the offseason? You hear people talking about, oh, well, how Michigan needs this because 
all of their guys suck at shooting or no mm-hmm. one can handle the ball. And it, it's at some point they're going to have to find a way to dig themselves out of this hole too. And that goes, I mean, that's beyond the players. It goes to Juwan Howard. It goes to the assistants. Um, you know, sometimes when you're in desperate need of help, you know, help isn't walking through that door or, you know, the guys that you lost, they're going to have two first round picks in this draft on Thursday night. You obviously lost Hunter Dickinson. Um, that caliber of guys isn't walking through the door. It's just not. So who on this roster is going to step up and assume that role and become those type of guys? I would hope that, you know, I hope there's a little pride, you know, at this point, that's really all it is, is, is hope and pride. I hope that there, that there are guys on this roster that, um, you know, want to bring this thing back and not just sulking that about what they lost or where they're at. Um, Cause this is an important year for everyone. Who knows? I don't know what it'll look like in November. I don't know what it's going to look like come next April, whether they're in the NCAA tournament or not, whether they make any noise or not. But uh, this has been, you know, for an off season where there really hasn't been a whole lot that's changed, at least in terms of positive developments, that sure has been a lot of a, a hell of a roller coaster ride so far. And I'll say this, they better start taking care of their NIL too. Otherwise you look at that 2024, 24, 25 group and they're going to get guys poached because, you know, look at what Hunter Dickinson, you know what, there's nothing keeping you here. Say they don't make the tournament again this year. You know, they can, somebody's going to come up and say, Hey, you want to do what Hunter Dickinson did and go to a contender and, you know, make a ton of money. Then who wouldn't listen to that? So they need to make strides there too and help Juwan Howard and his staff out. Good points on all accounts. Yeah, don't count George Washington out. I will say that. Mm-hmm. He can shoot. If nothing else, he might be the best shooter on this roster at this point. Wow. We'll um, find out. You never yeah. know till the popcorn's popping, right, as Phil Martelli says. It's true. But, man, yeah. he's got a stroke. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how kind of shapes out, and we will uh, continue to follow it as this long uh, roster period of the offseason continues. I do feel bad for those guys. I wonder if they'll take even a day off for the 4th of July or if they'll – continue to be trying to fill this roster but the non-conference schedule officially announced today um and it's not a sexy one from a home perspective for michigan so i'll read it off here obviously uh, a couple pretty marquee matchups on the road slash neutral site but uh, november 7th unc Asheville. they'll start out november 10th youngstown state both at home november 13th they go at st john's at madison square garden uh, that will be a fascinating one. Rick Pitino, one of his first games there. I think a lot of Michigan fans. November 17th, Long Beach State at home. And then over, I think that's Thanksgiving week, but the battle for Atlantis, an absolutely loaded field there with Arkansas, Memphis, North Carolina, Northern Iowa, Stanford, Texas, and Villanova. And they'll play three games. Then they go at Oregon December 2. Uh, Eastern Michigan at home December 16th after a little bit of a break there, I think, for finals. Uh, then Florida in the Jumpman Invitational in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Florida's, you know, has done pretty well in the transfer portal. I think they'll be decent. And then McNeese on December 29th. I will say this. There's not, you know, they may not sell that many tickets to some of these home games, but they need wins early on in the season. They've fallen behind the eight ball two straight years in non-conference play, I think six and four and six and five. And including two years ago, that home loss to Minnesota that was in the, the early Big Ten game. Uh, you know, one of those early December games, they need wins. Um, and, you know, it's maybe they won't have all the, you know, seats filled, but they could pick up some wins because they do have some challenging games away from home. So you got to get as many wins as you can. 
Yeah, I'm going to make this quick. I see seven and four out of that group. I see two losses from November 22nd to 24th, win the first four games, lose at Oregon, probably lose to Florida. So there you have it. Um, be interested to see who they schedule for their exhibition. Who's and, on the uh, team? What's the roster? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's going to take a while for these guys to gel in no matter what, right? This is not, this is a complex system and an offense that they have to, they have to win with some defense in my opinion. So find a couple of guys, find the guys that mesh, but uh, yeah, if they can get one more guy, I'd feel much better about this team. Yeah. They're for the, that home slate. I, I mean, I wrote the article today and I didn't even realize how light the home slate is. They're gonna have to bring the cardboard cutouts back. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's please God. No. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know to, to predict it will be, I, I do have one prediction, uh, Michigan has, is going to have a lot of new blood on the roster. St. John's with Rick Pitino. Obviously he's trying to flip that entire roster too. I think that game is going to be borderline unwatchable, but we will watch it because we have to cover it. Um, but other than that, I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, the nice thing is uh, for our purposes, uh, no one has to go cover a game that week of Thanksgiving. We can cover it from home. Unless I, I don't know. I'm not going to the Bahamas. I don't think either of you guys will, but uh yeah. Nope, not with uh, not with Ohio State on tap, guys, uh, in football. So, but you know what? It'll, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Let's just put it that way. Not maybe not fun, but it'll be interesting. It will be wild to see Rick Pitino and Juwan Howard just standing mm-hmm. on the on the same floor, coaching against each other. Um, and don't forget, Rick Pitino. What was his last game at Louisville before he was fired in disgrace? John Beeline embarrassed him. A loss to Michigan, seven seed upset. The NCAA tournament, so that will be that will be fun. I think there'll be a lot of Michigan fans out there in November. Um, but yeah, there's the schedule. Uh, real quick, NBA draft on Thursday night, and likely, I mean, overwhelmingly likely, Michigan will have two more first round picks. Uh, which they've just been on this crazy run, and a lot of it's John Beeline, but Jawan Howard has continued it here with pumping out NBA talent. But Kobe and Jet likely to become the tenth and eleventh first round picks for Michigan. Since 2013, uh, second and third under Jawan Howard, Franz Wagner was the first. And Kobe Bufkin, we can start with him. Him and Jet, basically, their their NBA draft stock has completely flipped from the beginning of the offseason to now. It was Jet that was a potential lottery pick, Kobe at the end of the first round. Now it's Kobe. Potentially, you know, there's some speculation he has a promise in the top 10, and wow. he would become Michigan's fourth top 10 pick since 2013, which is really impressive for both Kobe Bufkin and Michigan that they've had four in that span, Trey Burke, Nick Stauskas, Franz Wagner. Um, but Jonathan Giveney of ESPN was saying he's hearing worst case 12 to Oklahoma city, which is just absolutely Thanks. absurd. And, and yeah. I'm happy for him. And it's bad luck for Michigan that he, you know, blew up when he did, because, you know, how, you know, how are you going to fault the kid for going, you know? You uh, no. And for anybody who says, uh, you know, Juwan Howard's development, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Franz Wagner is a great example, and so is uh, Kobe Bufkin, right off the top of my head. Austin Davis got better under him, so Eli Brooks. So uh, say what you want. Um, guys are improving now. They just got to find a balance here where they aren't flipping the roster every year and they need to make the tournament with the good, good, good players that they have. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, I'm not slandering the man by any means, but Jonathan uh, Giveney, Giveney, however you pronounce it, 
Uh, also was very, very loudly saying Caleb Houston had a first round promise last year. Mm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Kobe's going, Kobe's going in the lottery. I think I'd be surprised if he went in the top 10. There's some buzz, but it's also silly season, rumor season. Uh, and, and, you know, this draft, it's just, it's just not very good. Uh, and Kobe, I think, has a chance, you know, in the right situation to, uh, I think, be a pretty good NBA player. Maybe not a star, maybe not, you know, an all-star or someone who makes all-NBA. But, you know, once you get out of those top three or four picks, it's all a crapshoot. You're just looking for guys that are going to, you know, maybe be role players or, or you know, low-end starters. And, and I think that Kobe has a chance to be that. Would have loved to see another year of development at Michigan. I think that he could have easily been a top 10 pick uh, in next year's draft, you know, as a lead ball handler uh, with another year in college. But, you know, the future is now. And his stock going the way it has, you know, kind of speaks for itself. So never really understood the Jet Howard lottery hype. I think it was more. You know, it's Juwan's kid, and he can shoot a little bit. But then I think once he got to the combine and once a lot of these front offices kind of put on the film, um, you know, he's going to go probably where he should. I think he has a chance to be a good role player um, that can shoot a little bit, but maybe just kind of a one-trick pony uh, in that regard. But we'll see what happens. Michigan's probably going to have two first-round picks, and ultimately that's good and something to sell. But, again, it goes back to you had two first-round picks and an all a former All-American and you won 18 and 16 last year, and it's just remains frustrating. I forgot you have beef with Jonathan Jonathan Givney. I have no beef. It's just read the tea leaves, people. <laughs> yeah. I think Caleb went 32nd, though, you know, early second, but still not first round. It's not first round, but he, I mean, he got picked and, and he did okay last year. Um, well, it's not even a, a it, it's not even a Jiveny thing. It's a the the whole concept of a first round promise. It's it's to me like the same as a silent commit. Like you either yeah. are or you aren't, right? right. For they sure. The most interesting thing about you know to me about this whole thing is what Giveny said on on ESPN last week, which was every team he's talked to that has a pick that high has been just watching Kobe Bufkin film lately, um, and that they can't get enough of it. And then to me, it's like, it, it's funny because they have this feedback and they get, you know, they see where their draft stock is at after the season, but it can change so much, you know, and they're even watching it with a week to go in the draft last week. And then jet Howard as well. I mean, do you guys think he overestimated potentially what his draft stock was? Because now he could, you know, probably won't happen, but he could fall into Caleb Houston territory, probably in the twenties. Now. I mean, that's kind of the area where you would say, Maybe he would have benefited from coming back. Yeah, I, I, it was better for both parties that he left. And we won't plow that ground again, as Jim Harbaugh likes to say. But uh, that did not work. That dynamic did not work, whether you know it was father and son or whatever. Uh, it's better that he's gone to the NBA. So wish him all the best. Yeah, and we had the conversation last year, too. It's, you know, not every guy is going to the NBA with hopes that he'll be a lottery pick or a top 10 pick. Some guys just want to get there get paid and find a role and be about, you know, be about that life, so to speak. And uh, I don't fault any guy who makes the decision. Oh. He does. Well, sure. I, I, yeah. I don't fault him either. I just think he could have potentially been lottery if he came back. I think wish Michigan would have been better with Jet Howard on the roster, but obviously uh, that's, that's not a possibility at this point, unless he withdraws somehow and gets a waiver from the, the uh, NCAA, which is just a fantastic organization. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, that so, it? 
Yep, that's going to be our show for today. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Once again, on YouTube, hit that like button if you want Michigan football and basketball. Why not? To win the national championship this coming season. Hit the like button, subscribe button, as well as we climb towards 22,000 subscribers. Also join us over at thewolverine.com. You can join our message board, get all of our articles, premium content at thewolverine.com right now, and we'll see you next time.